Hi, Claire and James here. Just before we get stuck into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know the exciting news that the Midlife Reset Audit is now live. This is a first-of-its-kind personalised diagnostic tool designed for midlifers by midlifers. In just three minutes, the audit will help you pinpoint what's really holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife, and most importantly, provide tailored strategies on how to take back control. Midlife doesn't have to be a time of uncertainty. It can be an era of growth, discovery, and well-being. So to go ahead and take the audit, go to themidlifementors.com forward slash audit. Recently on a podcast interview, we were asked how we switch off. Our reply inspired this episode where we share our own personal experience of overworking and over-obsessing and how in recent months we have successfully become more present in our lives. We also share the most common reasons for not being able to switch off, some fascinating research and of course we finish with tips on how to give yourself permission to really relax and flow with life. Hi, I'm James Davis. And I'm Claire Davis. We're the Midlife Mentors, here to lift the lid on how to achieve health and happiness. The balanced, no-nonsense way. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Midlife Mentors with me, James. And me, Claire. How are you all doing out there? So we're, we're pretty exhausted, aren't we? We've just yeah. done the most epic journey from London to Marbella. I know, coming to you live and direct from Marbella. <laughs> <laughs> we are actually recording this um, a little bit late. Normally this goes out on a Saturday, we're doing it on a Sunday. But I think you'll forgive us because we've just because we have a fur baby, which most of you have probably heard about. We've had to do the ferry across, which was how many hours on the ferry? Far too many. Far too many then, a nine-hour drive through Spain yesterday. So it was quite funny. When we went out for dinner last night, we could actually still feel the rocking of the boat, even though we were on dry land. So oh, I think that was the beer, Claire. I didn't drink. <laughs> uh, true story. Claire's on 90 days, no alcohol now. Oh, you've told everyone. I was trying to keep it. I haven't really spoken about it very much, but yes, I am. I am 90 days alcohol-free, and um, I feel mentally just so so um connected to my purpose i'm clearer i have a clearer vision and connected to my higher self for sure so it's all good stuff actually but we're that kind of leads us really into what we're going to talk about today because we got asked on a podcast we're doing loads and loads of podcast interviews at the moment which is lovely which is amazing actually we're speaking to people all over the world which is incredible the world in australia in america so we were asked the other day on one of those podcast interviews, like we work together, we live together, we do everything together. Um, so how do we manage to switch off? How do we manage to, I don't know, find some um, separation between our work life, our personal life and, and doing other things? Like how do we do that? And it was one of those questions that, we love because it really makes you think and it's one of the things that I well I know James has as well but I have really really struggled with up until I would say about six months ago 
Well, the answer is, folks, you go on a boat with no Wi-Fi for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's, Joe's put me on a boat. That's, uh, why, that's why we did it. It wasn't because of Lola. He put uh, me do, on a boat. Do you know what? Speaking of, it's, it's really fascinating, actually. So before we dive into this, it was really fascinating on the boat to see people. Like, you know, yes. it's an opportunity to actually disconnect. You've got this thing called Wi-Fi at sea, which is, which is patchy at best. So you have to pay extra for so we thought, actually, we're going to just use this time to switch off and uh, you know, not be in contact and come off of this. The amount of people that had paid and was kind of just sat there on their laptops and phones the whole thing was quite an eye-opener, really. Well, I would have found that up until about six months ago, I would have found that really uncomfortable to not be on the interweb and not be able to be contactable. Uh, but I, I actually found it really easy. We just had lots of books we watched some films in our cabin. Mm. We just had a we had the best time. We it didn't. Was amazing. We didn't. I didn't feel shortchanged. I couldn't sit there looking at social media or my email. But it was like James said, really shocking to see how many people, like couples, weren't talking to each other and just sat there on their phones using the Wi-Fi. I know that's scary, right? I say, like you're on a boat together for this time, and there were couples <laughs> sat there like in armchairs opposite each other, just engrossed in their phones. For, I'm not joking for hours, and you're like, wow, you've actually paid. For a service to ignore your partner. Can I pay yeah. for that for you? <laughs> <laughs> you do it anyway. Oh, get the violin out. <laughs> so yeah, we, we kind of asked this question and it got us thinking. We wanted to do a podcast on it. I don't know whether it will ring true for you, but if you're one of these sorts of people that even when you are supposedly in inverted commas relaxing or on holiday or whatever you find it really uncomfortable to just sit there and not think about work or not think about your to-do list or not think about all these thoughts running through your head about what you should be doing. Um, Kind of very, very future-based. Very, very future-based, thinking about, oh, what have I got to do next? What have I got to do next? Rather than just being. And the main word here is present. So when we're doing that, when we can't switch off, we're running through everything in our mind about what we need to do but we're not being, we're becoming human doings in that, in that sense. We're not becoming human beings. And that's a lesson that I've learned so hard in the last six months is about becoming more present in my life to mm. just incredible effect. Yeah, well, I think this will resonate with a lot of people because, of course, you know, technology, which was um, to be our great saviour and free us all up and make us more efficient and we have more leisure time and all that has actually made us more of a slave to, to that's our dog barking work. but we're it's we're start, styling it out styling it out you know um in the old days when you, you you know your day started when you actually physically got into the office and it ended when you left but for so many of us now you know we're constantly on you know we have email and we're conditioned to it as well you know so just about email for a minute we're like pavlov's dogs you if you hear the ping of your phone you instantly want to look pick it up and look at it Layering over that, even if you're even if you're not working, maybe maybe you're a full time you know, mother. That is a work. Um, you got things like social media as well, which again is actually designed to make you always on. Like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? It's that whole FOMO, isn't it? Like, what can I be missing out? What can I be missing out? And what's everyone else doing? So we have all these pressures on us, kind of pressuring us to be always switched on and attentive. And of course, evolutionary-wise, we're not designed to work that way. We're meant to, you know go out and, and hunt and gather and be focused and then come back to the campfire and, and relax and switch off. And I think the reason this struck a chord with me when we were asked this question is because I have been doing a lot of work, 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 how ironic, work around switching off and becoming more present because I really, really noticed in my life, you know, James and I, one of the, the negatives 
of having your own business and being an entrepreneur is you are so we're so passionate about what we do and we love doing what we do so there's another point is because we love what we do it's really really hard to switch off because you're constantly wanting to create and expand and grow so you're coming up with these ideas all the time that you want to action all at the same time they're going around in your head at night and you can't switch off for me not James James's head's hit the pillow and he goes to sleep but you know for me it was becoming a real problem it's swirling around my head not being able to sleep very well and you're, I'm thinking that I'm doing a great job because I've got my own business that I love finally and all that sort of stuff. But it was actually negatively impacting my health and my well-being, being constantly on. So I had to kind of really evaluate why I was doing that. Like, what were the triggers? What was I afraid of? What was really, what was really behind not being able to switch off and rest and be present? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we're going to talk about here is the main reasons, in our understanding, so there might be different ones for you, okay? So again, please reach out, let us know what some of them are for you once you've listened to this podcast and considered it. But for me, and for a lot of people, it's kind of a trauma response, right? For me, it really was. It was having lost certain things in my life and not necessarily being um, having the security or having things taken away from me or you know, even being fired. I've been fired. And that that sense of... By me, several times. <laughs> yeah, but you keep on using me as your PA, so uh, I wish I was fired. But, you know, it's that feeling, feeling of loss and losing things if you don't hold on to everything really, really tightly. If you're not controlling things, um, there's that sense that you might lose them. And I, and I know that is an absolute trauma response from my previous experience of having things taken away like jobs or you know relationships and things like that you feel like you have to control everything keep everything under control so that they're you, you don't lose them yeah i mean all these reasons are i'm going to run through four reasons here they're all actually very closely interlinked and, and a real of feeling affect of fear. and influence each other so the first one yeah feeling of fear you know that fear of you know if, I, if i'm not if i'm not pushing hard all the time i'm gonna Striving. lose it someone's, someone's gonna take it away uh, you know whether that's your, you're running your own business you're just trying to compete on social media or, you know, you're in a corporate environment. It's like, oh, you know, someone else could, could leapfrog me. So, yeah, feeling of fear. The next one, yeah, as I said, all closely related. Just feeling like not, not worthy, not of value. Like you need to continue proving yourself all the time. Yeah, and that comes down to comparison a lot. You know, looking at everyone else and thinking, oh, they're doing so much better than me. What are they doing? I need to keep going and keep pushing, keep striving. And that essentially is a feeling, like James said just then, it's low self-esteem. It's not feeling good enough and that you're not doing enough. Whereas you absolutely are. This is what we've come to, and I've come to realise, is we are enough just the way we are. And once we're experiencing joy and enoughness, everything else flows anyway. We need to not be scared of bringing it down into the present. So number three is perfectionism. This is one of mine. Your favourite. Yes. So I'm a recovering perfectionist. James used to have absolute kittens with my perfectionism. It was a nightmare. It really it really drove how I responded to everything. I never got anything out the door because I, it needed to be perfect constantly. And I, I'm so proud of myself that I'm not like that anymore. You know, at, at getting out there is, is better than not. So perfectionism is another way that we use to just not slow down. We keep striving pushing we can't relax we can't switch off because we feel like we need everything to be perfect but as we always say it's the enemy of progress it's the it's the enemy of joy and fulfillment you will you have to start learning to 
be imperf- perfectly imperfect mm. because perfectionism will really, really ruin that sense of joy and presentness in your life. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth one, massive one, stress, you know, just being used to being busy, being habitually busy. Uh, and, you know, it's oftentimes that can just be, you know, we fall into the habit of, of just being busy and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We, we just, you know, it's affecting all these other reasons we've talked about. But also, you know, we've done podcasts on stress. We've got this hormonal cocktail firing that's just telling you to, to, like, to be alert, to be on guard, mm. to, to keep doing something, you know, fight or flight, which could translate to like, must do a bit more work. Mm. So all these are, are really common reasons that obviously heavily overlap. Mm. Um, just wanted to say one thing on actually the, the feelings of fear and losing it all we also overwork because we don't want to sit with our feelings <laughs> we're mm. really really uncomfortable sometimes with sitting with some of the stuff that is bubbling under the surface but we keep pushing away it's like any addiction right we keep pushing it away with um, we numb it we try and numb it so we don't want to sit with it so as soon as you sit down with a cup of tea or, or you sit there on your sunbed on holiday, you're like, oh my goodness, hang on a minute, what's this? This is a feeling. I know, I'm going to push it away with doing something or just perpetually being busy and it could be anything. Um, but often, I, and I, I found that again, that's another personal experience, I found that not being able to switch off was a response of not being able to sit with the pain of certain feelings that I know needed to be healed. And that journey started for me in earnest at the beginning of lockdown. And I actually can't tell you how much that has helped me be able to switch off and be more present because I'm not as scared of my feelings anymore. You get a feeling that you're going to just go into a hole, into a pit, not going to be able to come out of your feelings. But it's simply, simply not true. Um, but that's another reason, actually. I'm going to cough. Um, that's another reason why we're perpetually busy. <clears throat> so you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, I'm, I'm busy, I'm achieving. What's the problem here? Well, hmm. We're going to come on to like some of the some of the effects this can have. But we've got some research for you. You know, we love a bit of research. So James loves a bit of research, doesn't he? Yeah, just a headline <laughs> one here. The American Institute of Stress um, estimate that stress alone costs the US economy about $300 billion in lost productivity every year. And get this, Expedia found like only 53% of people come back feeling rested after they've been on holiday. So you're going away on holiday and you're still not switching off. Now, there's some specific research we've got here actually around workaholism. So the first is from the University of Tulsa in Oklahoma and they looked like a whole load of measures. Uh, And what was really interesting, what they found from their research was that they found that people who generally had a positive outlook and you know, had a positive mindset found it easier to detach from work. Uh, conversely, those that had like a more negative outlook on life, um, they felt angry, frustrated, felt stressed, anxious, found it more difficult to unwind, which makes sense. You know, they're probably stressing about their work and things they've got to do. And that even, even when they tried to do distraction activities like watching television, they still couldn't take their minds off work. And then in turn... That made them even more resentful. The fact they couldn't take their mind off work made them even more... So you see, we've got this like self-fulfilling cycle going. Like If you get into that negative mindset and that stress, it's just driving more resentment, more stress, and it's making the problem worse and worse. And there was a study done at a Dutch financial consulting firm of about 3,500 employees around work patterns and like health markers... So they found that specifically employees who worked long hours, typically more than 40 hours a week, I imagine loads of you mm, do that anyway, services, yeah. um, but who did not 
did not obsess about work, reported fewer health complaints than employees who demonstrated workaholism. I can never say the word. Workaholism. Workaholism. <laughs> we found that workaholics, so that basically that what they ended up doing, they found that workaholics, whether or not they worked long hours, reported more health complaints and had increased risk for metabolic syndrome. They also reported a higher need for recovery. They had more sleep issues, more cynicism, more emotional exhaustion and more depressive feelings than those employees who merely worked long hours as well but did not have workaholic tendencies. And those workaholic tendencies were kind of described as, I feel guilty if I'm not doing this. I don't know, um, I don't know who I am if I'm not working. That sense of guilt and shame if you're not working. So some of those tendencies were looked at as well. But that's really, really interesting, isn't it? That actually how you view it, whether you're working long hours or not, or you're working similarly long hours, it's actually about how you approach it and what your mindset is really and how your feelings are when you approach it around how that, that impacts negatively or positively your health. Yeah, I mean, what's fascinating, those, those two independent studies like back each other up, right? These, these negative feelings around work actually generate more negative feelings, which generate more negative feelings around work, which generate more... And so the cycle goes. And so we say to clients all the time, you know, any change is about 80% psychology, 20% mm. mechanics. We can see already from that, like just adjusting to a positive mindset, would make a massive difference. We're going to run through, you know, what happens when we don't take action on this? Because we like looked at research there, but of course, you know, if we're working all the time, achieving, like I said earlier, oh, you know, what's the problem? Eventually, we will burn out. You know, we see burn this out is a real thing. Time. We see this all the time. You know, we work with corporates, and they talk about this all the time. You know, and it is it is the way they view work. So you're working the similar hours, but it's the way you're viewing it. If you're a workaholic with those tendencies, the impact it's having on you is going to be far greater. You're far more likely to experience burnout and, and then mm. also become incredibly ineffective. Yeah, listen, there's so much research on this that, you know, people who, people who overwork actually become more and more ineffective. We have, the, we have this, like, thing that is really interesting. The concept of multitasking actually was born, mm. I think, in the late 60s, early 70s when, when computing came along. And obviously, a computer processor can work by handling multiple tasks at the same time, multitasking. And we just assumed, oh, the human brain could do this as well. This would be a great... Computers are really efficient. We can be more efficient with multitasking. And all the research says human brains are terrible for multitasking. Mm-hmm. We are best when we focus on one thing without distractions. That's men in general, though, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> all the women out there are thinking... I definitely multitask. I multitask across the board. No, you men do as well. I'm not, I'm, I'm not putting you men But down. as a general rule of thumb, no, human brains are more effective when we focus on one thing without distraction rather than trying to do all these tasks. And we kind of looked at this model from computing and thought, oh, we can be as efficient as computers, only we can't. And the, the other thing that really, really is negatively impacted is boundaries. You know, you actually become less able to set healthy boundaries with people because you're just... You're so used to perpetually working and just keeping online, basically online all the time, that you you don't actually end up having any boundaries. You're just saying yes to everything and you're constantly saying no, always say this, constantly saying no to your own self, your own beingness, your own sense of presence. Of course, that's going to impact relationships, relationships of all kinds, you know, romantic, social, office, uh, yeah, all kinds of relationships are going to suffer if you're invested heavily all the time in your work rather than your interactions. Uh, and all of that is just going to lead to a positive reinforcement of stress. So the more stressed you are, the more stressed you're going to become if you don't take steps to deal with it. 
Um, so we just got this, yeah, like I said, this positive reinforcement running all the time. Or I'm stressed, I'm stressing about being stressed and it's making you more stressed. So we need to learn to break the cycle, turn off, unwind, relax. Yeah. And we have six tips to help you do that, don't we, Claire? Yeah, we do. And I don't know whether, um, James is probably going to tell me off here, I don't actually know whether tip six is a tip six. I think it's Ooh. just generally. I think from from my experience... Five tips, but <laughs> a, general, a general feeling. ...that Claire has just decided to change. Um, I think generally, you know, once we're able to, to realise what's triggering all of this and what's an awareness of us being in perpetual doing this, because... We might be afraid of stopping, of losing it all. You know, all those things are the reasons why. I would really, really love you just to have a think about, when you come off this podcast, just have a think about what's really driving you not able to switch off, you not to feel comfortable or trusting. You don't trust that you can actually just let go just for an hour, a couple of hours, even, you know, an extended holiday. You don't actually trust that the world's not going to fall apart when you, when you do that. And where's that coming from? You know, where, where is that being driven from? Is it previous experiences? Is it past hurts? Is it past pain? Is it not wanting to sit with your feeling? Just a general not like feeling like you have to have it all under massive control. Because one of the things I've really realised in my own life is when I do switch off, you know, I went to that retreat, when I do give myself permission to have time off and to be present and do the things that I love to do that bring me joy outside of work, I am a far better person. I'm a far better wife. I'm a far better coach. I'm a far better daughter. I like myself a lot more um, because I can't give from an empty vessel. I can't you know, my glass is constantly draining down and I can't give anything from that space. I can't be my best person, my best version of me when I'm like that. So actually experiencing joy other than just working all the time just makes everything so much better, including my work. I'm able to see things better. I'm able to have more clarity. I'm more creative. I'm more focused. I'm not, I'm not burning out. And my health was really suffering as well. So I just wanted to add to that. I don't even know whether that touches on that point there, but one of the points was be present and feel joy. Well, yeah, but how do, how do we do that? How do we give ourselves permission? Like, I think it comes from awareness of why you're not doing that and then realising that you can release your grip ever so slightly and the world won't fall apart. In fact, you will become, <laughs> oh my goodness, even more awesome and more, more fulfilled than you are already because you're... You're able to be present in your life rather than just being future-focused. Yeah, that's a really, really beautiful point. Um, I would say from experience, um, some people will be able to identify that straight away and move mm. into that place. Some might. Other though. people might need these other steps first. Sometimes you have to create the space for change first. Sometimes you can create the change and the space follows. Other times you have to create the space first and then allow the change to come. So... Be present and feel joy, I'd say, is, is the goal, the destination to get to. Exactly, exactly. Um, but here are some steps that can definitely help you get there. Um, so the first is set boundaries. So start setting boundaries around your work. You know, have, have a hard stop time for doing stuff. You know, be like, okay, after 8 p.m., I am not, I'm not even going to look at emails, let alone respond to them. You, know, you have to start protecting your time and giving yourself permission to protect your time. You know, start setting times for your personal time. Um, 
create physical boundaries around different activities as well. You know, if you're if you are in a situation where you're having to work, you know, at home or even hybrid, you know, try and do it in different spaces so you're you're getting some kind of delineation between it. You must have these both physical and emotional boundaries between between work and play slash personal. And I think if you're finding that really, really difficult to do, which is completely understandable, like James said, and like I did, what are you most afraid of? <laughs> Why are you so afraid of doing that? Is a, is a question that I would pose to you. Why? What? What's the worst that can happen? What are you so afraid of? What's making you not want to do that? Yeah. Um, have a rituals that mark the beginning and the end of activities. Now... Uh, Ritual doesn't mean like a big complicated thing necessarily. It could be just like, oh, you know, when I start working in the morning, I'm going to actually like lay out my keyboard and my pen and my notepad in a certain place in a certain way. And that's sending a signal to my subconscious. This is now work time. And similarly, you know, at the end of the day, you might be like, okay, I put this away and I make my cup of herbal tea. That marks the beginning of, you know, personal time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think setting personal goals and planning them is really, really important. So I even wrote a list of, like, what do I even like to do outside of this? Outside of my work, what do I like to do? And this is when I've really, really got into looking at a lot of, like, ancient wisdom, um, um, herbalism, all of this sort of stuff. There's a whole world that has opened up to me in the last six months because I chose to sit down and ask myself the question of, who am I, what do I love to do? What are the things that really, really float my boat other than and I love you all I love any clients I love you all we love you even if you're not a client but you know that isn't the be all and end all of my world it's it's not giving me a rich tapestry of my life like what else do I love to do what brings me joy and actually setting some personal goals around that and giving myself some stuff that like goes outside my comfort zone going to that retreat on my own I haven't done a retreat on my own for years that was outside my comfort zone but anything that stretches you brings you joy and is like a hobby that's outside of your work, I can't tell you how much that will enrich your life in all areas, in all areas. So make sure when you come off this podcast as well, just sit down and go, okay, what what are some of the things that I used to love to do? What are some of the things that I am interested in? And actually commit, commit to doing them because stuff outside work is just as important as your work. Mm. I say don't fall into trap as well. We fall into this trap, I think, in, in modern culture that um, we feel if, if we do something, we've got to you know, attain some sort of level of mastery over it. If you enjoy something, but you're terrible at it, just do it for the joy of it. Just yeah, have fun with it. I love you don't, that you point. Don't have to, you don't have to be mastering stuff all the time. Obviously, you know, it's great if you can, but you don't have to be. If you enjoy it, but you're terrible at it, do it anyway. I absolutely love that point. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, is that why you've started dancing? <laughs> if only. <laughs> With Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Jones getting the dancing shoes out. Um, also work on your mindset. So right. This is a big, we saw from that research how big this is. This is probably the one that will make the biggest change, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, but this, these all go hand in hand, right? Work on <sighs> positive affirmations, positive um, self-belief, building positive thought patterns around being able to give yourself permission to give yourself space and time. You know, some of the stuff that really worked for me, I'm just going to give you some of mine, was like, I'm safe to receive. I am safe to take time out. I am safe to set healthy boundaries around my own work-life balance. You know, I I am able to create space for myself. I am worthy of creating space for myself. You know, I am worthy of receiving 
Some of those ones like are really, really powerful because especially the word safe, for me, it was really, really poignant. I am safe to do this. I am feeling more trusting of the universe that I am safe enough to take this time and do what I love because the universe responds to passion and joy and love. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put that out in the world in a different way other than my work because the universe loves to see me enjoy. Mm. I mean, say if you're struggling to get started with this, one of the simplest and most effective things you can do is start a daily gratitude practice. There's loads of neuroscience research that, that backs this up, that it can change your mindset to a more positive place. If you do it consistently in quite a short space of time, you just get up each morning and just write down in a little notebook you know, three things you're grateful for from yesterday, um, and something that'd be great for today. They could even start with that, just just that. Something that'd be great for today. That's all you need to do, but just day after day, but just really connect with the emotion of, of why you're grateful for it. Because and that we will know. change your outlook over yeah, time. Yeah, because we know exactly your outlook is really closely re- linked to how much of a workaholic you are. Um, and the final one is remember to invest in your relationships, your romantic and social mm. ones. You know, again, we put work, we put so many things above the things that really, really, truly matter. And I'm going to be really... Really soppy, but it's so so true. The only thing that matters, I saw a beautiful post on this the other day. The only thing that really matters is love, yeah, right? It really, really is. It doesn't matter how far you climb up that career ladder, how many things you've attained and grown, and you know, how, how far you've reached in any area of your life. If you're not focusing on self love. Love for other people, love for the things that are important in your life. None of it, none of it matters. And focusing on those things will help you be able to switch off a lot more because you're in the moment. Love brings you in the moment. It really does. Love is that emotion that brings you very, very present. Yeah, you know, one of the, one of the exercises I get some of my clients to do and I do with my men on, on my RISE program is like a, a thing called life equilibrium where you look at, you know, currently where your life energy is going because we don't often stop and, and take stock of that. And, you know, obviously if we've got like a short-term goal we want to attain, so we're putting more energy into that direction, that's okay if it's a short-term goal. But, you know, by, by necessity, clearly a great person this, but necessity, that means you're sacrificing something else, right? If, if, you, if you've got a pot of energy and more of it's directed to one thing, the other areas are suffering. So you need to be looking overall, your overall life, and look, where is your energy directed? Is it directed in the places where you want it to be in line with what's most important to you? We can easily get distracted into thinking, you know, these, these work goals, these career goals are the thing that matters the most, but actually, probably, it's your health. It's you, it's your growth, it's your relationships. They probably matter more if you're deeply honest with yourself. So it's about just getting that energy waiting right. It's getting perspective and it's also looking at what, if, what happens if you don't get that perspective right. Seriously, like what happens if you don't get that perspective right? Because, you know, if you're constantly focusing on one area of your life, how does that negatively impact all those other areas and what's the long-term implications of that? I hope you found that useful. Speaking of life energy, you know, there's a beach chiringuito with our name on it calling, <laughs> calling. Really I want to enjoy is. the sunshine on our first day here. So we are, I hope you found that useful and we're sending you so much love. And we hope we haven't made you too jealous there. Anyway, we're sending you so much love. Do let us know how you found this. Just email us. What's it, team? At themidlifementors.com. You can find us online at themidlifementors.com. Uh, YouTube, sh- The Midlife Mentors. Instagram, Midlife Mentors. And we've got our free Facebook community the midlife mentors community so just search for that ask to join we'll be pleased to let you in and please do share our podcast subscribe share and review sending lots of love
Yeah. You've been listening to the Midlife Mentors with Claire and James Davis. We'd love to hear from you. So drop us a line at info at themidlifementors.com with any questions or topic suggestions. And make sure you join us on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. You can find us under The Midlife Mentors. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and don't forget to take the Midlife Reset Audit now to receive personalised insights into what's holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife. So go ahead and take the audit now at themidlifementors.com forward slash audit.